You're listening to Super Manager, the podcast for people who manage people and business with ideas, trends, and expert interviews to help you be a super manager. Who's your super manager? Who's that leader from your past or present that has really affected you positively or negatively? When I pose that question to groups, I often find it's usually somebody who believed in them before they believed in themselves. There's always this kind of this feeling of gratitude where usually those are the people that people look up to and are grateful for and really soak things up from like a sponge. That's a good characteristic. All right, so this week we're going to be talking about the characteristics of top leaders, and I have my leadership team with me. I'm Teresa Phelps from Rosenblum Goldenhurst. I'm a labor and employment attorney, and I also am the HR manager at my firm. Joel Emery with Ignite Strategies. I serve as a sales systems architect for small and mid-sized businesses. My name's Art Snorzik. I'm a consultant with Interview Advisors, and we help businesses attract, hire, and manage ideal people. And I'm Samantha Nays with CN Video. We do corporate video production, onboarding, training, PR, and social video. I find it's oftentimes the leader who one of their main focuses is on making the environment one in which the employees and team can thrive. When their focus is on having an environment in which people can do their best work, then oftentimes that's the person who is recognized as being an excellent leader. It's interesting how it means different things to different people. I actually went to some leadership training and it was horse therapy. The one thing that I got out of this weekend of horse therapy was that one very necessary leadership skill is confidence. They had horses and they're just out grazing and they'd put together a path out of rope and they said, okay, get the horse to walk through the path with you. And the horse is grazing and I walk up to him and I'm like, okay, and I'm kind of petting him and I'm like, hey, are we going to do this? I'm trying to ask him, will you come do this <laughs> with me? And so I said, well, he's eating right now. Yes, and you need to have him walk through the path. And I'm like, yeah, but I feel bad. He's eating. I don't really want to. And I'm like, you want to let me know when you're done eating? And I'll, and I'll walk you through. And they're like, no, you need to get him to walk through. So finally somebody came out and helped me. And they walked up to the horse and they just very gently petted the horse and said, okay, we're going. And they started to walk through the path and the horse walked with them. Oh, okay. So then I walked up to another horse and I'm like, oh, oh, sorry. Oh, okay. You're, yeah, you're, okay. Would you? And then I'm like, okay, no, I'm going to try it. And I just said, okay, very calmly, very gently. Okay, come on, let's go. And I started to walk and the horse came with me. To me, that was a great lesson in leadership. I have a question about that. So I agree completely that confidence is a key element, but what I always find myself wondering is where is the line between confidence and arrogance? Because when it shifts over yeah. to arrogance, <laughs> then you're undermining leadership and undermining your team frequently in some capacity. So where is the line between confidence, which helps you know, drive your team forward, and arrogance, which frequently causes problems? And I think you can kind of find that line by the way that you're interacting with your team. So you're portraying confidence as the leader, but you're involving them in that as well. You're not just saying, this is how we're going to do it because I said so. Let's try this. And then it's the approach that you take when you're dealing with your people, and they're going to come alongside and do that as well. And I think that because it feels like you're working as a team, while you're still leading, your people are going to follow along and they're not going to feel that that's arrogance as opposed to confidence. Well, and listening too. Mm -hmm. We do occasionally internships here. And I found that the interns love when I say, okay, here's what we're trying to do. What do you guys think about this? What thoughts do you have? And for me, it's a no-brainer because these are young adults just coming out of college that have fresh ideas, different perspectives. So it's really a good way for us to get some good ideas. I think that's all a part of leadership. 
not just making the decisions, but listening to everybody and gathering information and knowing what you're talking about. It really depends on the individual. If you mm -hmm. care about what you want the environment to be and you want to allow those people to thrive and come up with their ideas, then you'll do that. But I think that some leaders are intimidated by that, maybe especially younger leaders, right? New to the position, you know, they need to justify their position. The thing I keep hearing, kind of the theme that we're not saying is EQ, which I think is emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. I, I feel that's the game changer. So the difference between that confidence and arrogance is, do I understand what I'm doing to people when I show up? And that's emotional intelligence. If you're unaware of those things, I think it makes you less likely to be a great confident leader and is going to make you seem more arrogant. Mm -hmm. I also read somewhere that the most successful leaders are willing to apologize. But I've also seen some leaders who feel that it makes them appear like stronger role models if they don't. I probably agree with the first premise. I think that as a <laughs> leader, you, you really do need to be willing to apologize. And it's not so much an admission of, you know, you failed or, or right. fault or whatnot. It's just recognizing we're all human and we're all working in this together. And, you know, I may have done things that weren't appropriate for the situation or handled it a, a different way. Now that you've brought it to my attention, I'm aware of that and I'm going to be more careful in the future and, and make sure that I take these things into consideration. I think it just makes you feel real to people. Like yeah. You don't want a leader that yeah. feels like they're on a podium that you can't touch and you can't talk to. When you're a real person, right. like that's, I think, what makes a really good leader because you want to be the person that you would follow. Right. And you're not going to want to follow somebody that is this icon statue somewhere up here that doesn't make mistakes and doesn't have to apologize and doesn't act real with people. Sure. I think oftentimes, too, you get what you give. Mm -hmm. So if you're disrespectful to other people, they're not going to be as respectful of you, and it's hard to lead when you're not respected. Absolutely. Lead is such a, it's a verb, right? I mean, it's something we do, and I think sometimes leadership doesn't have to be so verby, where it's, it's <laughs> something that we are, right? That we're going to act in a way an upright leader acts, and people will follow. But I think that some people take it too far, and they say, I'm going to be a leader, and I'm going in to lead this team today. And I, you have to get the team involved, or else you won't get buy-in. I put together a little booklet on lunch and learns and I do a little intro to my background. And I used to have at one time really great leadership skills without even trying. And the reason was because I was so passionate about what I was doing. I just really enjoyed and got into what I was doing. So other people were like, ooh, I want to be a part of that as well. And so they join in and without even trying, I was a great leader. And then they made me a manager and it all went to hell. <laughs> Part of that could be an expectation you put on yourself, like feeling the pressure of being the designated being leader. responsible. Yes, yeah. like all of a sudden, oh, I'm, I'm the right. manager that does something to us emotionally and mentally, and we sometimes have a hard time living up to what our expectations are for yeah. managers. Well, and you're trying to figure out how to be responsible for other people and for other people's performance, and yeah, uh, yeah it can get pretty tricky. You know, one observation I have about leadership, I've observed this with men, I have not necessarily observed it with women, and that is somewhere around the age of 40, you know, give or take three years, men either figure out that they're not the smartest person in the room and that they need to have <laughs> other people around them who know more and are more skilled and embrace that and allow them to achieve and excel past them, or they don't figure it out. And the ones who do figure that out are the ones who they're able to build teams that work well together, that scale, that continue to succeed and have loyalty and, and, and engagement. And the ones that don't figure it out, they kind of flatline. But I definitely have noticed that, again, with men at about the age 40, give or take three years, <laughs> is where that kicks in. 
interesting observation. I, I don't have I any. Keep an, I'll look at. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wish I actually had data to back it. I mean, it's just anecdotal uh, observation, but I think it's it holds true. I can't think of a single example other. Yeah, we either it. double down or we decide to change. Right? Yeah. So, who are your favorite leaders? Do any of you have someone that changed your life—a manager or a supervisor that you had that? Oh, I have a few, um, and I notice the theme is really what I hear from others. is It's the people that saw something in me that I didn't see. You know, a, a mentor who said, you're just good, and you don't know it yet. So that's why your definition of great leadership is someone who, I think maybe people who have made an impression of us in the past, maybe that's where we get our definition of what a good leader is. Sure, yeah. If I felt led, well, then that's my new definition of a leader, right? I felt inspired to follow. I have a question there. now. Is, is it the same as saying inspiring other people to act or inspiring other people to follow? Because perhaps quibbling in semantics somewhere in there. But, uh, no, there is a but difference. I do, I do see sure. a difference. Yeah, um, it, it might depend on the organization. Uh, some are very highly structured and they want you to follow. But I think you know, very creative places like Sam's, I think I want them to think. I want to inspire them to think and do and create. And as try long as they're thinking fail. the same thing I am. That's <laughs> <laughs> the goal is just to get them. <laughs> They have to come up with the idea right. to think your way, I think, is always the key. <laughs> How do I get this employee to come around to my way of thinking in a way that they're going to like? I was, I was just joking. But there, I think there is truth in it, yeah. right? Because we're trying to get our ideas through to somebody else who has different ideas for their life. And I See, I think the opposite. I think, to me, when we're talking about what is great leadership, and I'm kind of tying it back to who I considered to be good leaders when I was an employee working my way up the ladder, it was people who would listen. It was somebody that would explain to me what needed to be done, listen to what I had to say, and then step back and let me do what I needed to do. And to me, that was a great leader. If you're willing to tell me what I need to do, not how to do it, and then step back and just be there to get me what I need in order to accomplish my goal, to me, you were a great leader. Nice. I have a client who a few years ago, we wanted to test some of the core values they wanted to bring through their company. Mm -hmm. And those included respect, trust, knowing that they could rely on their managers and coworkers, some things along those Very lines. Very important so, values. Right. So we did a survey of the employees and we asked them, do you trust your manager? Do you feel like your manager trusts you? Do you mm. trust your colleagues? Do you feel like your colleagues trust you? A set of questions along these lines. You know, same thing with respect. You know, do you respect mm -hmm. your manager? Do you feel like your manager respects you? And it was interesting because I mean, the responses were confidential. They were done through me. They never actually got to the ownership of the company. They put a few risky things on the line to test that could have been painful if the response came back wrong or not the way they wanted. Mm -hmm. But it all came back great. But as part of it, again, we presented the data to the entire team. This is what everybody has to say about this in the company. How it was, bad was it? It was solid. It was good. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. It came back really well. And it was genuine. I mean, there were the outliers. There were a couple of severe mm -hmm. negatives. I mean, you're going to have that anywhere. Sure. But this was a team of several dozen people. Mm -hmm. And there were maybe two negatives. That was pretty fantastic. Yeah. But otherwise, it was all, you know, on the scale of four or fives, you know, positive responses. But I really admired that leadership of, okay, we have these core values that are important to us. We want to instill it through the company. We want to make sure we're effectively doing that. So let's take a look at this, and uh, let's put this out here. Let's put ourselves on the line, and let's see how it's actually working. I might be mistaken, but are all of the things that we're talking about are kind of part of this emotional intelligence that you were talking about, right? I mean, how respected you are, how respectful you are of other people, building trust, all of that really comes from emotional intelligence, doesn't it? So is that to say that 
the better the leader, the higher the emotional intelligence. A, a direct correlation is that getting down to what's key. I hate to answer so quickly, but that's what we're finding. So there's soft skills that we develop, like leadership and management, and those are different. Leadership is getting results through people, and management is managing the resources, time management, and understanding others. So there's soft skills that we're developing through our lives, but it's really EQ is the game changer. And EQ always starts with self-awareness. Are you aware of what you're feeling and what you're going through right now? And is it going to leave you with a lasting hangover throughout the day that kind of messes with the rest of your relationships? Or can you sober up from that quickly and get on with your day in a positive way? Are there any really good leaders that have low EQ? Well, I see people in leadership positions with low <laughs> well, EQ. <but laughs> in leadership positions and good leaders are two different things. Listen, I don't want to get political or choose a side. That's our next conversation. <laughs> of course it is. But I think Donald Trump is a classic example of someone who has very high tenacity, right? We can say he's very direct. He's going to speak what's on his mind. And, but I think he's also missing some of those emotional, intelligent things. I haven't assessed Donald himself. But, <laughs> but, but That'd just, be an, I'd like to see that assessment. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of regulating his own emotions and pausing before he sends out a, a Twitter is indication of some lower EQ and why he has a hard time bridging gaps with others. Obviously, it can be a real problem if you don't have great leadership skills. And we've had so many of these podcast discussions where we've talked about where someone's an expert at something and then they get promoted to management, but they don't get management training. How do you know when you're put in that leadership position, how can you evaluate, how am I doing at this? How do I know if I'm making mistakes and how do you correct? The first thing that hits me is without uh, really getting deep, if you just want a quick gut check, if you are trying to get results out of other people and those results are not coming back, there's something breaking down. How do you know if it's your leadership, if you've got the wrong team? Or maybe part of leadership is getting the right team. Um, I think there's a couple different things going on. When you bring in a new leader, sometimes there is some tension with the existing team because the personalities don't mesh. And there's a period of time where you have to kind of work together to figure out if you can mesh those personalities and if you can bridge the gap and figure out what works and what doesn't work. If you've got a team that was performing well before the leader comes in and now the leader comes in and they're not performing well, the problem may be with the leader or it may just be figuring out how you can get the two to work together more cooperatively. And that's typically what it is. You know, the leader has their own style, but they have to figure out and know their team as well. You know what, though? There's generally more turnover now. So it's hard to find history of a team when your typical employment life cycle is two years. I think it depends on the industry. So for my firm, for instance, we have longevity. We do have a, almost a basically brand new set of employees because most of our other employees had retired. And so... I have a relatively new team of people, but I'm still looking at how they're working together and how the cogs are turning and, and you kind of figure things out. So I think it's the industry specific as to what kind of turnover you have and whether people are leaving or not leaving. I still think, yes, people do leave more frequently because jobs are different and people are moving and wanting different things. But I think if, if you're doing a good job at leading and people are happy where they are and they're being treated well, I think they're going to stay and you're going to see that. Okay, Art, any exercises we can do to improve EQ? Um, jumping jacks mostly. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, first is to explore. The key, there's five dimensions of EQ, and the first one is really explore yourself, is, is self-awareness. How am I feeling? And when I first took an EQ assessment, I realized that was one of my lower things. I didn't understand what I was feeling throughout the day. You could ask me how I was doing, and I would either say it's either great or terrible, but mm -hmm. there wasn't anything in between. 
for me, an exercise was to check in more often and say, what am I feeling? What caused that? Cause? You just ask yourself this? Yep. Mm -hmm. And then it's about how do I regulate that? How long do I want this feeling to affect the rest of my day? <laughs> Who am I going to affect with this when I get home or to the office? We don't work for leaders, right? We don't buy from businesses. We buy from people and we work for people. And if there's a human connection and you can say, listen, I know you have goals and I have goals. How do we get those goals met together? Mm. Then we have two people talking and we take out this leader versus follower. I worked at a bank a long time ago that was going through a buyout. And I don't know if you're familiar with situations like that, but it's not pretty. So I actually took an online course from University of Notre Dame on negotiation. And it really was a great leadership course because the one thing, if I summarize the entire course, what I got out of it was don't bring your bad mood with you. Don't come to the table combative. Think in terms of realistically, what do I need? What's important to me? What are my fears and what are my concerns? And then ask the other person the same question. And instead of saying, well, I want this, well, I want that, say, what are your concerns? What are your fears? What are your priorities? And then you list both of them. And it's basically what you were talking about, your goals and my goals. Figure out what everybody's goals are and then say, okay, let's work together and figure out how we accomplish all of these goals. And so I guess that really kind of ties into leadership, but that's really helped me since taking that course. Yeah, nice nugget. I learned in a sales course to sell with questions, and I took that, because I was more in management, I took that into managing with questions. So I usually manage with questions, and mm -hmm. I even find myself doing it with my daughter. I usually <laughs> say... How old's your daughter? She's eight. <laughs> but instead of saying, here's what i like you guys to do by 2 o'clock, it's here's what needs to happen by 2, it needs to be finished like this, how are we going to do that? You know, or how do you think we can accomplish that? Does that work? usually because they have input. There's no way we can do that by two or we're gonna need some more help, but now they have some input instead of me coming in as seagull management flying through. Mm -hmm. I like that. But here's what I'd like to see. How do you think we can have it? All right, so does anybody have a horror story? Uh, there's a sales manager that I used to have and in a sales meeting, we were going over the numbers and we of course have targets and we we're supposed to hit those targets. Mm -hmm. And uh, because the team wasn't hitting those targets instead of the coaching, like, why didn't we hit those? Was it because right. of July? Those kinds of things. What's the issue so we can come up with a solution? Yeah, it, it was just a quick look at the watch saying, well, based on this, we should be out of business in three weeks. And that was not a very inspirational, that was oh. not a leader we wanted oh, the, to follow. The fear tactic. <laughs> yeah. It really caused indifference. And did they meet their goals the next time? Um, I don't remember, but I remember the hubbub afterwards, <laughs> like this guy, you know? Yeah. Thanks for listening to Supermanager by CN Video Production. Visit our website at cn-video.com for additional episodes and lots of Supermanager resources, or give us a call at 314-VIDEO-ME.